Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we take a look at popular film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. I'm Alex. And I'm Britain. I'm B2 Britain. B- B2 the Mighty Britain. <laughs> yeah. We're back. And we got to start the whole pod. We got to all introduce ourselves that we it was yeah, we should have T- Oh jeez. Well, T2 is already a movie and Right. And T2 is also already a movie. That's what I said. T- no, T2. No, no. Terminator 2 and Train Spotting 2. Oh, that's are both right. T2. That's right. Okay. And A2 is uh like A24. So, I could be like T23? Yeah, which is probably a droid um in Star Wars. What's Star they Wars? Star Wars is like They haven't made that many Terminator movies yet. Star Wars is like um it's it's uh I don't know how to do. I was about to just complain about how it's not really science fiction, but <laughs> <laughs> fantasy. Which is not a bad thing. Taking notes, Star Wars. It's not science fiction. <laughs> and that's all I know about Star Wars. Yeah, no, it's it's good sometimes. Um, okay. Like everything is good sometimes. This movie is good sometimes. And other times, it, <laughs> I never felt like this movie was like terrible. I will say. I, I, <laughs> I also, I'm not sure I ever felt like this movie was great. <laughs> I was going to say, Britain, Britain that's, not, that's not giving me a whole lot of hope. About where oh, this I'm not like mad at going it. to go. I'm not no, like I watched no. it in one sitting. <laughs> so but it is it's 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 I don't know. I don't I don't feel like it worked for me as well as the first one. But I also think it correct. As a kid I would have liked this one more. That's probably fair. Yeah. Which is probably why I'm so attached to it. <laughs> you you know what uh, else? You are just a big kid. A big eighty two year old kid. <laughs> Um, the movie we are we are talking about is D2, The Mighty Ducks, uh, which I'm sure Alex has more information to tell us about. I do have more information. Thank you, Tyler. D2 came out in 1994. It was directed by Sam Wiseman, um, who also directed George of the Jungle with Brendan Fraser. Well. Just thought that was interesting. Why um, is he not ha- in this movie? That'd be nice. I assume you I mean George of the Jungle the, I, himself. Yeah, no, I think Brendan Fraser should be Iceland's coach. That would be good. <laughs> I had doing the a same bad thought. <laughs> that would be good. He could play a character named Wolf. Yeah. <laughs> they call him the dentist. <laughs> See, that tracks for me. Yeah. Um, uh, This movie has a 21% critic score oh, on Rotten God. Tomatoes, like the first one. And it has a 59% critic or audience score, excuse me, which is a few points lower than the first. Too small. So comparable scores. Too small. Um, It it also has 14 critic reviews. So Mm, 14 mini reviews. Agreed. Yeah, I don't don't think that I I don't think it deserves that. (laughs) Um, I will say just to kind of reiterate what I said last week, um, this is definitely of these three films. This is the one I'm most attached to. So when I was pitching this of like, guys, we need to do Mighty Ducks. This was the one that was definitely the most on my mind. Um, But then a shocking thing happened. We watched the first film and everyone liked it pretty well. And I just knew that spelled doom and disaster for (laughs) this film. Um, I, I kind of equate this film to Rocky IV. Not just in terms of like the overgoing international, but I feel like just like it gets crazy and far yes. more crazy than the first film. Um, I don't know. It, it focuses a lot more on the spectacle and 
the story kind of takes a back seat <laughs> for a while there. Yeah, there's a lot more bits. This is a movie that's yeah, a lot yes. about bits. I wouldn't say most of I, w- I would say most of them don't work for me and feel just kind of like, yeah, that's joke shaped. <laughs> um, but anyway, before we continue, let me do the synopsis for DT The Mighty Ducks, which reads thus. An international competition for junior league hockey teams is being held in Los Angeles. In media res, uh, coach Gordon Bombay <laughs> is picked to lead Team USA. He reunites the Mighty Ducks, the teen misfits he once coached to victory. This time, crass sports promoter and human doozer from Fraggle Rock, Tibbles, uh, tempts the Ducks <laughs> to cash in on their fame in lieu of practicing. But the team eventually gets back into training and takes on Iceland and their violence-prone coach, Wolf Stanson. Is he violence-prone? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, yeah, he, he, like, he does kind of physically assault Gordon when they're up on competing against each they, other. There's yeah. a conversation. They have a whole thing about how he, like, was super rude to everyone and his well that's why they call him the dentist because they're like he loves just punching he he, when he played in the uh uh the the i don't is it like because it's not the minor league i guess the major league whatever it's called um the nhl whatever he he would punch people out and like knock their teeth out yeah well i think don't they imply that it's like an icelandic hockey or probably yeah uh, Britain, I need to. Do, there, there was a sentence in there that I did not understand. In this when case. I said that Tibbles is a human doozer, <laughs> yeah, can we just like run that? <laughs> yeah, sentence sure. Back so, and just, like, uh, if, yeah, in Fraggle Rock, there are three to four uh, sort of key species: the Fraggles, the oh well, there's really like nine, but um, <laughs> for the purpose of this conversation, there's the Fraggles, the Gorgs, the Trash Heap. And the doozers. The doozers are small, uh, very industrious, hardworking. They love to work. They don't like to take breaks. Um, mm-hmm. They just love to work, work, work. They all got little construction hats and they uh, build using doozer sticks. And it's a, it's a symbiotic relationship because they build and the fraggles eat their um, eat the doozer sticks. And the doozers are like, well, I guess we've got to make more towers. Uh, and so it kind of becomes sure. a thing. And then the fraggle rock, back to the rock, there's a doozer who sort of like... Uh, is like has like an arc about uh, becoming a hero and stuff, and she's pretty cool. I really okay. called him a doozer in the sense that he's small and nasally, and I couldn't think of another <laughs> thing that wasn't like a gopher because he's not really a gopher. But yeah, he kind of reminded me of uh, this is a reference we can all enjoy. This little Weasley character on Chicago Med who just runs around and gets in everybody's way um, by just being like, <laughs> I don't think that's how we're supposed to do this. And that's kind of what Tibbles made me. Chicago Med is the official television sponsor of this podcast. So sure that's, is. That's true. We did all get that. <laughs> I, yeah, but Tibbles, Tibbles in some ways was my favorite character. And in some ways was just, was just a mess. Oh, Tibbles. There's, there's so many wonderful bits with Tibbles. It sure my, is. My fa- yeah. My favorite is when you know, all the, the team is playing with the beach ball in the hockey rink and off to the side, Jan is hanging out with Tibbles and Tibbles is like, I can skate. And he kind of just goes off screen and Jan turns away and he's like, yep, you got it. And then in the background, you just hear him screaming and he just falls over on the side. Oh, it's such a good comedic gag. And yeah, it's great. He's a goofball and I love him. <laughs> oh, Tibbles. We, you taught it. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Tibbles, for teaching us to laugh at love again. 
He no, he also is not. I should clarify for the audience. He is not a cat from an animated '60s Disney movie. Um, he right. is in fact a man. Uh, he's also not a duck from the animated Mighty Ducks show. No, because then his name would be like Tibbsworth Max Bill or something. Right. And yeah. he would have been. I tell you what, he would have been a part of. Uh, he wouldn't have been part of Canard's rebellion. He would have been part of that that terrible. Um, government that Kennard was overthrown. Fascist duck regime. Exactly. <laughs> you know, Tsar Nicholas the duck. <laughs> which was his name. Uh, uh, Were they fascists? <laughs> I don't know. The movie, uh, it, to, to stra- strap in for a metaphor with me here. Uh, yeah. You, you, they you, just strapped in with my doozer thing, which is a great sense. Yeah. So let's give Tyler a turn. <laughs> you, you know, uh, you know, in like a, a video game, uh, when you're in the character creator, uh, I I want to say from software games are like the most the ones I think of most when I think of this, but I, I'm sure there are others where like if there's a randomizer to like kind of give you like okay, you know, starting fresh, I'm gonna give this like a new, uh, you know adjust the character face a little bit and then i'll kind of tweak it from there uh how when when games have that feature a lot of the time if you like just repeatedly randomize it the character will get weirder and weirder because it's like making minor adjustments but it's like sort of going completely off the rails um and then you end up with just like this like weird monstrosity uh that's that's kind of how i felt uh with this versus (laughs) the first one uh there's a lot of stuff that's like similar on the surface but like in very rearranged zany like sort of non-coherent like, yeah <laughs> like or- organization and an editing instructor which is not to say i mean like again it is a kids movie like you know not about to sit here and be like yeah. how dare this movie not have the uh the perfect pacing and structure of the godfather um but it is it is all over the place um not, and yeah. and just sort of wild and like sometimes hard to understand where the momentum is going. And I feel like really the, the big thing that stuck out to me was like, where that first one I think has a really just solid comeback story, uh, intertwined with the tale of this kind of jerk wad getting over himself and kind of coming to terms with a lot of the things that, um, made him a, a more prickly person as an adult, uh, the the things that affect him as a kid that made him really closed off, you know he comes to terms with those and ends up connecting with all these these young kids to lead a new generation of great hockey players. Uh, that all is like a a very clear storyline that has a, a first act, a second act, a third act. It all balances out really well. Where where this is really like there's kind of a an arc for Gordon that's similar but not quite the same thing, and it happens in the span of about 20 minutes. Uh, and then there is like a comeback story, but the comeback story is kind of like, there. there's no, there's not a lot of tension to what's going to happen throughout. The, the movie never really convinces you that like they're in danger of losing any of these games. Um, the movie starts with the premise of, oh, we've got this brand new group of, teenagers that are going to be joining the team and everyone's butting heads and within a single montage yeah. gordon has them all working together yeah in in, in harmony um yeah 
I do. Uh, first of all, I want to ask the question. Do you guys think Tibbles is a doozer is like a lost John Lennon song? Because I do. Also, yeah, th- yeah, I think this is what I thought movies were when I was a kid. Like, oh, yeah, there's like a story, but it's mostly just bits. Because like, right. again, that is so much of the movie. Alex um told us that there he he had found the scene in this movie that he felt was extraneous and could be removed and was curious if we would be able to figure out which one it was. I have a pitch, but I think we first need to establish some of our new our new ducks. Sure. Um, so we have Mendoza, who is very fast at skating and very bad at breaking, who uh, is introduced and they play kind of stereotypical Latinx music under him. That's the only time they do it. And that's as bad as any right. of that gets. So no worries. Um, we've got Julie, who's a girl, uh, but she's a blonde girl, so she's different from Connie, who is... And also a goalie. And also a goalie. Yeah. And also far better than Goldberg at the job of being a goalie, <laughs> yet yeah. they have to save her for the very end, because Goldberg <laughs> was there at first. Yeah. Literally one thing. And <laughs> you have uh, Dean Port... Smith? Yeah. Portman. Portman. Uh, played yeah. by Aaron Lore, which is great to me because he was in Newsies, and last week <coughs> I said they're all a bunch of there Newsies, and here's one of the Newsies. He was also in Rent. Um, so I mean, it was also funny to see the like one of the most established dancers in Newsies as like a punk who just wants to beat everybody up. Uh, I, I, yeah. I quite enjoyed him in this. I thought it was pretty good. He becomes one of the I, Bash Brothers with Elton. I, I want a Bash Brothers spinoff. That's <laughs> yeah, they were fun <laughs> together. They were fun together. Yeah. and this this, this confused me. Yeah. Just, just as a random aside, I was very confused because uh, I remembered the Bash Brothers being a thing from Alex when you showed this movie to me at some point, and then when uh, Foggy showed up in the last movie, I was like, "Doesn't he have a brother?" I also was wondering, like, which one's his brother? <laughs> I was like, "Where's the Bash? Which ones are the Bash? I, am I just completely lost here?" And then, and so I, then, I, when the when the announcer corrected. calls them Bash Brothers, I was like, "Is this Star Wars?" Well, it's even better. Tibbles is the one that gives them the name. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's like so excited with himself. He's like, they're the Bash Brothers. Like, okay, we get it. You already got the t-shirts printed up. Uh, but then we have the, um, the character that made me ask, is this movie offensive to Texans? And do I mind that? <laughs> Which is uh, a man. Oh, what's his name, Alex? Oh, that's a good question. I just know him as Cowboy. Cowboy Troy. Um, this guy, he is, he is from Austin, Texas, you know, the most Texan city. Right. And he's a cowboy and he's always roping players and talking about being a cowboy. And he teaches them to line dance at one point, which I'm get my vote is Alex, that that is the scene you want removed is the line dancing. No, that is not the Ooh, scene that I want. All right. Removed. Britain lost. Um, also his name is Dwayne Roberts. Dwayne Roberts. All right. Which sounds like a Texan. Sure. <laughs> but also just like a guy. Um yeah. and the actor is likable. He's a he's a sun sunny boy, but like there's it's all all cowboy like in one yes. of these scenes where they just run through all the obvious banal bland jokes about California, and they're like, Where are all the movie stars? You say it's called Beverly Hills, where's all the hills? Yeah. He goes, This ain't no road rodeo drive. Hey, it's rodeo drive. Hey Yeah, come <laughs> on. Yeah, it's it's a it's a little rough around the edges, like, yeah. but I like him. And no, I like I, him too. Should, it's just like they're really leaning into the Texan thing. I, I should hate the moment where uh, 
Connie gets attacked in the ice rink by a couple of goons and then Dwayne just kind of shows up out of nowhere with his, his rope and he ties one of them up. Like, that should be the worst moment in the movie, yet I kind of love it. By that point, I knew what I was watching. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, they've been, they've been you know, seeding Talk this about Chekhov's lasso here. Inconsistent uh, ref, ref calls. Yeah. I, oh, and there's also like super uh, strict early on. Yeah, like yeah, this probably is fine. Because um, there's just a lasso by him, and he can use it. There's also Kevin Wu, who they are not uh, doing. They don't do anything stereotypically uh, sort of stereotypical about Asians yeah. with him, so that's nice. Um, East Asians, and he is a figure skater, an Olympic figure skater. Yep. The and then and we that's hit- all our friends. And then later in the movie, we get Russ. And Potter, yes, we get Kenan, Russ. We get Kenan Thompson, the great Kenan Thompson. With the knuckle puck. Yeah. Which the still knuckle. sounds dirty. <laughs> um, but yeah, we do lose a, a few of the ducks from the last movie. Um, like uh, Jesse's brother, mm-hmm. uh, Jesse Smollett, is not, not in this one. Um, and we lose some of the other kids. Like, I, I think there was like the... Yeah. Yeah. Tommy we lose them and, little punk. and a they're, few they're figure skating is no longer Was Gee in the last movie? Yes, because I don't remember he's him at all. Barely in the last movie, but he is there. He's just kind of in the background, okay. and they—they—if I remember correctly, him and Connie kiss at the very end of the first film when everyone's celebrating, and but then hmm. we during the montage where they're rounding up all the ducks, like they're about to kiss and they get stopped. And he's like, "I was this close." I'm like, "I don't." I don't remember. I have any, no investment in this kiss from the first one, and I mostly was going like, "Oh, here's like a because." The thing about Connie is, as nice as it is, they don't sensationalize her being a girl. They also don't give her much of a personality. Yes. Like, I can't describe yeah. Connie, aside from she's the girl. Um, right. So they don't do anything, like, ster- it's, so they don't do anything bad with her. They just don't do anything good with her. Right. And she, uh, but but because she's a girl, when they're, when they're showing, because there's a montage in this movie where basically they're the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, and they go on a roller skating adventure um, yeah. to go get everybody. And I actually kind of like that scene. Um, I think it's a fairly efficient way to do what they were doing, but yeah. Goldberg's at the deli and Averman's—I don't know what he's doing. But Averman's tearing tickets at a movie he's tearing theater. tickets at a movie theater. Hey, and we we have literally all three of us have been there. We should have immediately true. been like, "Oh, Averman, he was—he's—he's he's our audience surrogate." Yeah, like, I, I see myself on screen. I see myself in Haverman is what I'm trying to say, guys. Yeah, uh, he did annoy me less in this movie. Um, but Connie, what Connie has been up to is a date because she's a girl. And so I was like, yeah. oh, that's her date. And then he was coming with them. And I was like, wait, <laughs> did they just assume that guy's in? The- was he in the first movie? <laughs> yeah, he he is in the first movie. Bonkers. Unless I imagined it. I mean. Which is entirely possible. Um. But yeah, I think most of the new additions are pretty solid. Um, I think the problem is the movie just doesn't have a center. Like with the first film, like we said, like it does a wonderful job kind of looping in Gordon's arc with the arc of the team. And in this one, it's just kind of splintered into pieces and nobody, I mean, Gordon gets an arc, but it's condensed. But nobody on the team really gets an arc aside from at the beginning they learned to be a team yeah and then i guess you know after they lose to iceland then keenan and and his crew have to you know teach him the ropes of playing street hockey yeah yeah 
which is a fun scene, all things considered, but it's it's missing something. Yeah, because all it really does Charlie's... is set up Keenan and and his his uh, special skill. Yeah, his charge attack, if you will. Which honestly, I don't really know what the difference is between that and Fulton's shot. It's just that it it Fulton's goes straight ahead, his flips over and over itself. Because it's not yeah, like but I don't... ricocheting or anything. Yeah, but I, I, I don't think they ever really yeah. talked through, like, why can't Fulton just do his shot all the time? Like, why did, yeah. why did they do one or well, over the doesn't, other, I guess? Doesn't Keenan's like, arc, doesn't it go up and over? Yeah, it's hard to tell because when the camera is on the puck flying in, like, it's so over the top. Yeah. It's like, I'm not... I'm not completely sure what it's doing. I think that was my interpretation is that, oh, he kind of like knocks it up and it kind of goes down into the goal because Fulton's is just a straight shot, just a high, right. high powered uh, straight shot. Yeah. I assume it's like, it's a fastball versus curveball thing. Yeah. Right. Like, sure. you know, straight through versus like, it's got a weird yeah. spin kind of thing that makes it not quite go straight. Does the third one have Therefore. like a hockey person in it with like a big, full back tattoo of a tiger that he just had a curve of the puck like unwanted uh-huh. oh that would be nice oh y'all are gonna be so disappointed by the third <laughs> film now you shouldn't have said anything <laughs> um i i am kind of disappointed that charlie gets significantly less yes. to do um he's just kind of i mean he still is oh. kind of the voice of the team and i really like that he's the one questioning why they have to wear new u- uniforms and they can't just wear the normal ducks uniforms yeah um i really like that and of course that circles around to them getting brand new yeah ducks uniforms at the very end which is a that's right it, i i genuinely love that mm-hmm. that bit agreed um but yeah he didn't get all that much to do and he even sits out the last game and he's like i'm yeah. a coach now i guess yeah <laughs> i it's it's strange it is a little and i i know in this movie no one really has an like a character arc in this movie of the yeah. kids except i mean there's like the new kids getting introduced but like Banks kind of has the character journey, but it's really just that he's sad. He hurts his wrist. He gets to play again, and then he still can't play because he hurts his wrist again. So it's like, yeah. wait, did that happen or is he still playing the final? I I want to say he takes one of the penalty shots. I think he's he like does. it just hit it just hit the padding on my hand. Like yeah, yeah. Which like I you know it's nice that they gave Adam something to do because doesn't have much from the first one, but it's so thin yeah. that there's one scene where he's like, "There are scouts here, that's exciting," and then later he's like, "Coach, there are scouts. This is my future. I got to do this," and that really felt like they went, "Ah, oh, crap. We didn't have like a like a heartfelt speech in this movie." And I think there's a lot of weird ADR in this movie, like a lot of it. Um, yeah, that's a particularly weird one because. It's, you know, this pretty simple scene of cutting back and forth between Adam and uh, Bombay. And then they, I think there's a part where there's enough of a pause with Gordon kind of nodding like after he's given this lovely speech. And they ADR in Banks going, thanks, coach. And then he just says, like, it's time to get back on the ice. Like, it's so weird. Yeah. I think I've just, I've I've had this movie in my brain for too long, so I just don't notice things like that anymore. Sure, totally. Like I normally would. <laughs> well, I just noticed but, there, there are whole scenes where, like, or not whole scenes, but whole shots where like Kevin and Connie will be saying something and you will hear a completely different sentence come out of their faces. I did notice that a couple of times and it's like, you're not built for, for modern TVs, are you? <laughs> and I think some of that is probably from just logistics of filming 
people playing hockey and everything. But it's, I don't know. And it also feels like, again, a thing a lot of 90s movies did where they went, oh, we got to punch this up with more like dialogue or exposition. And yeah. there's nothing as overt or as a um, hard to ignore as a, there's slip, not the man who can climb anything. But there's a lot of things that are like of 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 a of a type <laughs> with that. Yeah. They also do a weird bit when we introduce Fulton because some of the hawks from the first movie are back and they are they see these mighty ducks rollerblading through the park. And so they set up a, a they, they set up a, a trap like they're Rambo and they get the um like like well, yeah, they try a string between two trees so the ducks will trip. And then each hawk takes their turn saying a, a variation on we're going to have duck for dinner and doing duck food puns, none of which are, you know, really puns. Um, and then they hear, what are you doing? Cut that out. And it's Fulton, but they've given him a different voice. Yes. And then he, they turn around. And then for the rest of the movie, he just talks like Fulton. It's so weird. Yeah. Because it's like a, it's in, very in the first one, they, they introduce him by having him do that. <sighs> like he lives in the Misty Mountain. But now they just give him like James Earl Jones's voice and then he just himself. It's so weird. He puts on a voice to intimidate. It's fine. I guess so. Yeah. I guess so. Fine. Uh, I still am not entirely clear on what happened to Charlie's mom over the course of this. Gordon has like multiple kind of potential love interests. Well, I think he does. He say something about like we tra- like it didn't work out, or I was traveling too much. Did I miss something? a line? Well, part of the problem is I don't actually know how much time has passed. Sure, sure. Because, like, has have was it literally just Gordon had his one season with the Ducks and then went to play in the minors, got injured, and came back, and like they've not. That's how it feels. That's how it feels. But at the same time, like it. I don't know if it's just the kids are older or the fact that so quickly he's, he kind of got out of, he stopped contacting them so much. Cause I think that's his line. He's like, I, I should have reached out more. Um, and that's why it's he's been, not still, it's been two weeks. Like that's, <laughs> that's where I'm like, how much time has actually passed? But if it's been like six months, I, right. I don't know. Um, but yeah, Charlie's mom is just kind of written out of the movie and she, she does come back for the third film. Okay. If that's any consolation, but yeah, there's there's a couple of half-hearted attempts at romance for Gordon in this, and yeah, not yeah. Well, neither one because one is the Icelandic trainer, and that's I could never tell if she was supposed to be like I'm using I'm seducing him into giving me secrets, or if it just didn't work out between them. Yeah, because they hang out, and then uh, Fulton and Dean see them and get mad, and then he never talks to the Icelandic trainer again. So I was like. Was that a plan on the Icelandic team's part, or did they just not have as much chemistry as they thought? I I think this screenwriter was far more focused on I need to have I need to sow seeds of doubt sure. with the team and have that be more which is the exact same thing that happens in the first right. film when um I think it's Jesse and his brother over here, Gordon, like oh, talking about right. them badly in front of right. the other coach. But which, he's trying to make a point. And it's like, oh, there's just miscommunication. This is really lame. Yeah. <laughs> right. But it, but at least in that, like, the resolution is Gordon saying, like, no, you misheard me. Yeah. yeah. I was being sarcastic. It's okay. Like, the, I was throwing I his logic back actually, at him. I did not yeah. actually mean any of that. Uh, and this then, one, it doesn't. In this get one is just. In this one, because it's after, I think they lose the match. Yeah. Uh, they get blown out 12 to 1. 
and then the kids are like, why did you, you were sleeping with the enemy, you hack fraud. Uh, and he's like, what? And then you got 7 p.m. ice cream. Except for, yeah. <laughs> Very scandalous. Yes. I, I do kind of like the, the idea of Gordon getting obsessed by fame. And then kind of mm-hmm. having to go, no, this isn't the point. They get him the Gordon Gecko hair. They get him the he there's a whole thing where he's pitching shoes to Kareem Abdul Jabbar about but they're called was it like Air Air Bombay something? I, I think it's Air Bombay's, yeah. Yeah. For kids who want to coach. <laughs> and Kareem goes, Are are there kids who want to coach? And he's like, Absolutely. Yeah. And then we cut to Goldberg and them doing shtick. Yeah. Yeah, I I like that as a premise, particularly because we start the movie with, oh, he had his shot of actually reaching the big leagues, and it was cut short, it was taken from him. Yeah. So I like that being the through line of like, okay, now he's got another shot at fame and success, and it's, you know, yeah. more than he ever possibly dreamed of, and it's completely, you know, taking away his focus from his team and the reason that he's actually there in the first place. I it like is. That. It is a little weird. I, I talked about in the last one how ultimately everything is happening within the context of a peewee hockey league. And yeah. you can do a lot more with that in terms of like how he's able to make comebacks happen. And uh, like that, that is a much more sort of like you can apply movie logic to this situation. This one's weirder because it's like, so it's a guy who, for one year coached a minor league hockey team or not a minor league, not even that a, a, a peewee hockey team of, of ragtag kids to beat, uh, another, another team. And like, it's in Minnesota. It's like, it's, yeah. you know, the other team had a big tradition of winning, but it's like, you like a, a middle school, the equivalent to this, yeah. right. Would be like, a middle school basketball coach who wins like the state uh, sixth grade championship with his team that wasn't very good the year before. And then uh, through that gets a connection to get another shot at minor league professional basketball and fails is then given the opportunity it's it's twofold it's he's then given the opportunity to coach a team to represent the united states in a uh sort of international uh kind of junior olympics type thing and the thing is you know you can make the argument like well maybe it's not actually that big of a deal but he's getting all these sponsors like he's getting a ton of fame and attention and that means that these things are a big deal. <laughs> so yeah, it's like, yeah. why was he selected to be the coach of this team? Well, it's, it, there are so <laughs> many shots in this movie and the previous one of like newspaper headlines about <laughs> uh, it. It's like, and, and Friday night lights does this too, but Friday night lights also is very clear about this is all contained to this small town yeah. in Texas where they football, like high school football right. is the biggest thing they have. So like you get it. I, I think there is even a shot of, of one of the headlines where they they go through, like, they, they track on the newspaper. So, like, well, this this is a cover story, but it's, like, down in the corner. 
Yes. Like this yeah. is really not that big of a deal. Yeah. It's it's kind of funny that like Gordon Bombay is being like interviewed. Although I guess the culture we live in now, if a kid recycles, he gets to go on Ellen. So, you know, <laughs> think about it. If 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 I can throw in a couple, this is of what's defenses. wrong with society. I mean. <laughs> If I can throw in a couple of defenses for the movie, um, and I do agree that it is kind of silly logic we're working with here. I I believe it's established in the first film that the Hawks basically train like superstars. Like that right. is the kind of talent they get. So the fact that they get beaten by this ragtag group, sure. I, I understand kind of how, at least from a marketing point, like I get why Tibbles and Hendrix hockey would be like, okay, that's a story yeah. we can use. Sure. Um, and then also Gordon, the story with him going into the minors and then getting that injury and kind of like, oh, redemption. Sure. Like, from the business side of things, I kind of see where that fits. But logistically, like, Tibble seems awfully sure that they're going to win. Yeah. <laughs> right. And the, and it really is like, it's just, as a, you know, relative sports fan, like, it's the one year thing that's like he yeah. had one year of coaching uh very young children to a championship in a regional kind of championship scene once yeah uh and that's all that he really has like to his name i don't know it, it's very like it, it is exactly if it was still somehow contained to the same area or if they were just going for like because I think I guess in the last one is it is it supposed to be like the whole like the state of Minnesota or is it just like I think because they talk about county they talk about redistricting yeah so like it it would make more sense to me if this was like oh now it's a big story because we're talking about Minnesota state of Minnesota hockey championship they're going up against crazy crazy good uh teams of young kids because it's a state that produces a lot of great hockey players and like now now they're really in the big leagues because it's not just that there's like one one kind of big fish in the small pond now it's like they're trying to win this and there are so many other teams that are more talented than them but like that would make more sense to me than like blowing it up and doing the rocky four thing yeah. to your point alex and, and trying to be like oh no we have to kind of make it international and I, I'm, I realize how much I'm overanalyzing what's ultimately very, very silly, uh, and and not intended to be like a, a super like grounded film, uh, but it was bothering me the entire time because I was like, this, I don't understand how I'm supposed to feel about any of this. Like, it's not, it's not the same thing as like, oh hey, you know they're in the Olympics and we want them to win to represent the country like i mean it, obviously i i think i mentioned miracle last time uh you know it's like okay you can craft a story around these two superpowers and like how their their teams are sort of representing the tensions between these these countries like this is <laughs> kids hockey and i'm not really sure what the stakes and the prestige of the celebration are apparently there's a ton of money going into it and this guy just like got the job for what seems to be no real reason. Well, Jan just uh, sold him really well, apparently. <laughs> and then left. Yeah. Or no, sorry, Han. No, Han no, yeah, Han left. Hans went back to the old country yes. to visit their mother. So Jan was stuck. Yes. Uh, yeah. Jan was the puppet master. Store. 
That's another odd thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> why yeah. Why did they not just recast him? <laughs> I, I will say... I, this is my brother, one, T'Chaba. <laughs> one very interesting thing about the Mighty Ducks movies is just they vary wildly in scale. Like, we go from just, like, the small peewee league championship in the first film to, like, basically the Junior Olympics in this film. And then it jumps to, in the third film... They go to a prep school and they're the junior varsity team and they have to face the varsity team. Okay. Like it, it, it yeah, it's, well, it, well and it, it, <laughs> okay. I think this movie also struggles it's, with like, it's we're not going to go full force and call it like the junior Olympics, yeah. but we, we don't, the junior goodwill games are just made up for the movie. And also the fact that it's called goodwill makes it seem like there shouldn't be a lot of sponsorship involved. Like it should just be right. But also, if you're if you can't use the the word Olympics, yeah. Ken Wu is an Olympian, and they yeah. say that in the multiple times. Yeah, movie. maybe. Ah. Yeah, it's 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 a weird setup, and like I I don't have any problem with the idea of the them going to a new place and having international competition. I get it. You you go bigger, but it I don't know. It it, it does feel it's very pitch perfect too in that way. Um, yeah. Sure. But it, it does yeah. it does feel it, odd that like it's also just in L.A. Like it would have been cool yeah. if they'd gone to Iceland, right? And they were like, "But it's all green. It's not covered in ice at all." Bo, right? <laughs> uh, and it it does all like I I'm I'm nitpicking all of this obviously, but like it does all serve to undermine how effective like a comeback story has to be effective by making you believe that it could happen. Yeah. Uh, like that, that's really what you have to do is like for an underdog story, you, ha- you have to paint a picture of how I could be convinced that this, this would actually work because otherwise you can just do it and tell us, yeah, they won the game now. And it's like, cool. They won the game. All right. I don't <laughs> like you, you, that anything else could have happened. Like there, there, there was not build up to make that happen in this movie to, to make sort of the, the comeback feel earned and feel like they, they pulled it off and really came together as a team. It was like, eh, there's a couple of montages. Uh, this guy should not be able to, w- would not uh, be able to coach a team this well. <laughs> like, like the, the way they've set him up and the way they've set up, like how the team works and everything versus the other team. Like it, it does not sell it believably uh versus the first one which again still very silly in a, in a lot of ways but i really liked how they actually went about showing how somebody could would kind of reform this team inject them with energy and make them believe that they could go take out this other team that's that's bigger and stronger and faster than them like that's one thing this is like you've given this guy with no experience uh the the coaching job for united states junior olympians (laughs) and he's doing a terrible job most of the movie and then does a lot of gimmicks to try and win at the end and is able to win and like then we get into the the lasso stuff like it's just not yeah very entertaining to watch all this because it's like yeah they're they're gonna win because you're just kind of highly I disagree. <laughs> it's not it's not entertaining in like a oh wow I'm really invested and like sure. I want to see that, how they pull it off. It's like okay well now they're gonna 
they're going to come back and win because this is a kid's movie and you need to make that happen. Like it, it it's not the same thing of like, Oh, the, you really sold me on this underdog story. And I'm, I'm really enjoying, you know, the big payoff of all the kids celebrating at the end. You know what, you know what I think is the moment that, that really hurts this movie the most in terms of like having any sort of like character arc mm-hmm. or, or depth to it. So Gordon has, he, he he's finally realized the error of his ways and he's like, okay, I think I'm actually like, I'm, I'm doing damage to these kids and I'm not, they're, they're not coming together as a team. I'm screwing up. And Jan comes to visit him and is like, I saw the game. You need to be better than that. You're the Minnesota miracle man. Be that man. And Gordon does the thing that he did in the first film where he just kind of uh, gets a moment to himself and he just starts skating around mm-hmm. to get himself back into the game. And then he's late. He's late to the game. Like what? <laughs> Assuming that their tutor like was going to show up and start coaching them. Like, yeah. does he have a reason for being late? I can't remember. No, yeah. there is no he, reason given. <laughs> He shows up with a duck whistle, a duck yeah. call. Yeah. And that's what kind of rallies the team to to fight back and keep going. Yeah. Uh, but it's not like a, like it, it should be a moment where it's like the ref says, all right, I'm sorry. You're going to have to forfeit the game. You don't have a coach. And then yeah, uh, he comes out and he's like, quack, 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 yeah. quack, quack. And they're like, oh, quack, quack. Oh my gosh. We're the ducks again. Like they, yeah. it should be that. But yeah, there is just like a stretch where they would have forfeited the game if they hadn't. Char- I think Charlie's like, oh, you have to code to... I don't even really know <laughs> the context of the new lady who's in this movie. I mean, it's just like with the team. She's their, she's their, their tutor. Their, yeah. She's, okay, yeah. she's just there to... Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, she also has the wonderful line of dialogue that is forced upon her where she says, what are you waiting for? The ice to freeze? Let's play. Sure. Which is just terrible. <laughs> even even by general like kid movie standards, that line is pretty bad. Pretty good. Uh <laughs> <laughs> but they yeah, they like they they have to make her act as the coach, which I don't I'm not hundred percent convinced would be <laughs> Yeah. Again, the refereeing is very inconsistent at this event as well. Yeah. Because they're like calling nitpicky things about hitting people and then they don't call lassoing people on the same team. I don't know. I do like there's a, there's a gag and it's kind of runs throughout. I can't remember. It might be the first Iceland match where uh, Dean like takes somebody out and he's kicked out of the game. Yeah. And it like throughout the match, it just cuts back mm-hmm. to him yeah. and he's and it's escalating in terms of how much damage he's causing yeah. to the locker room. And there's a bit where he just grabs a wooden chair and just breaks it <laughs> over his knee and it just kind of explodes. Yeah. And then and then uh Kat, the goalie, she walks in because she's been put in for like five seconds and she immediately like Jude. defends herself and gets kicked out of the game. Um and she walks into him like screaming and bashing things in, and she's just like, I know how you feel. <laughs> yeah, and she's it's like very good. She's like, Hey, I've got an idea for this dating app called Banter. Do you wanna go in on that with me? Do you wanna go do commentary on the TV? Ted Lasso reference. I um I, there's a bit where they one of the two or three times they do the flying V in this movie, the announcer goes, It's it's a flying V. I've heard about it, but I've never seen it. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "What?" 
<laughs> wow. This is 1994. Did Dan Quayle tell you about it? Like, what are we doing? Look, apparently, apparently this Pee Wee Championship from the first yeah, one was man. a lot bigger than we thought. Amazing. Um, I will say, in terms of, like, the, the spectacle of the film, I do like how that's presented in the actual, like, just the arenas. Like, it just feels bigger, and, like, the... Sure. It, it, like, it's just... Sure. The crowds are packed yeah. in the the matches. Um, and I like how we're constantly cutting back to them to getting, you know, them cheering the ducks on or, you know, whatever the vibe of the crowd is. Um, I don't know. I, I just, I, I feel like the movie does a pretty solid job of at least selling the scale. Sure. Wayne Gretzky does show up. Isn't. Wayne Gretzky does yeah, show Wayne up. Gretzky does which, which again kind of complicates the like, okay, so this is a big deal. Yeah. Yes. Because I think we talked, I didn't we mention like, I mean, may not have said it on the podcast, but like in the last one, <clears throat> there's a couple of hockey players who like we didn't really recognize. And we were like, oh okay, yeah. we looked it up, and they're real hockey players. Uh, and I had that thought of like, I would only really recognize Wayne Gretzky mm-hmm. if they said Wayne Gretzky showed up, and then he does, and I'm like, okay, so they've kind of yeah, <laughs> kind of gone taken this a little farther. I yeah. don't know. It's 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 a lot. Yeah, I don't, Heinrich Lundqvist, I think, is a hockey player don't sure. know a lot of hockey players not not really an ice guy i like um in the first movie i don't know if he talked about this in the first movie where uh uh charlie joshua jackson's mom says look mr zen master you may be in tune with the ice universe and i got so excited and then so disappointed because I, I messaged you guys about it and i thought i don't think they're gonna go to an ice universe probably not <laughs> I don't think they're going to have to fight, like, the Winter Warlock or something. Look, right. Britain, I didn't tell you where the prep school in D3 is. Ah, <laughs> it's a bunch of snooty kids. It's it Icicle you. Oh, man, I can't wait. <laughs> I thought, man, I bet um, it'd be great hanging out and fighting a bunch of, like, snow rabbits or whatever you got to do. How did you guys feel about... So, the end of the the first film is we set up that Gordon is going and he's going to play in the minor leagues or at least he's going to kind of uh, try out. Um, And then the movie starts and the opening credits kind of go along with just intercutting bits of him actually playing and then getting injured. And I guess it's something that happens to his knee because we don't really get a good shot of it. Um, How did you guys feel about that just in terms of like... No, we're veering back into a reason for why he's coaching again. Well, it, it, it's almost like it feels like it would work better if he was super successful there, had this big comeback story, and like now he's with the major leagues. Oh my yeah. gosh, like it's totally improbable. This kid who stopped playing when he was eight picked it back up again after coaching this miracle team of kids, and you know he's actually a, a hockey prodigy, and he just yeah. had like been out of the field for so long and. Like, it almost feels like that would work better if it was, like, that's why he's a hot shot now. And that's why right. he's feeling, like, it all go to his head. is because when he's selected for this thing, it's like, oh, yeah, of course you'd select me, you know? Like, yeah, yeah let's go. Well, it also creates this idea that he had he had wealth and riches, and then it all went away. And he's like, oh, I can get back to it. And the arc is, oh, I never really needed that. What I needed was to connect with my players. Yeah. But instead, it's just like, I don't want to make skates. Right. <laughs> Gordon doesn't like to make skates, etc. Right. Sorry, yeah. Tyler, I hijacked you. No, I agree. Like, I think that that makes more sense to me if you're kind of drawing a line of like what what's 
the trajectory he's on during this movie because then you can be like yeah he it's all gone to his head and it's it's staying there because like he is super successful but you know he has to put that aside and and get over himself and figure out how to like connect with these kids again because he's kind of gone back to his his lawyerly ways uh just as a hockey player like i I think you know show him uh doing a flop on the ice to show like oh maybe he's forgotten some of the lessons he taught the kids like i i think that makes more sense to me uh than having him like just go there like basically it never feels good to have a sequel that immediately wipes the, like takes the uh yes and from the previous film and then just like slaps it down and says no yeah we're doing yeah. this thing um and there are movies that i that i like that are successful in pivoting away from something that the previous thing did but like well there was something we talked about recently that i Jurassic World Dominion was the one that I was thinking of recently. Like, sim- similar idea of, like, okay, it's setting this thing up where it's, like, you you should do something with that because that's you're, you're le- that's the note you're leaving the last movie on. So people are going to expect that yeah. going into the next movie or, like, wonder what comes out of that. Uh, a little different in the 90s because I don't know how widely distributed Mighty Ducks was before Mighty Ducks 2 came out and, like, might not be quite the same thing in terms of being able to immediately know what happened or remember what happened in the last one, but same idea of like it's setting this thing up. Maybe maybe try and build the story around that so that it feels like it's a you know continuous narrative and and don't just be like ah get get rid of all that. Let's go back to something else. Yeah. You should uh, write your own uh, trilogy of of. Uh, kids um kid oriented uh hockey films and uh, actually make it about t-ball so, so it literally can be make it about t-ball make so it, it can be called t2 <laughs> yes <laughs> also tyler do you have a, a guess as to what the scene alex thinks should be cut from the film is because i was wrong i i have no idea because i feel like it was all consistently zany <laughs> it was all consistently expendable messy um, I think part of the reason why the scene that I'm thinking of sticks in my brain is just the amount of time that it takes. Okay. It's the scene where uh, Goldberg and Averman and <laughs> Robertson and a couple of the others oh, are walking sure, around. Sure. This is where the, oh, this ain't ro- Rodeo Drive, yeah, like yeah. where that scene starts. And they basically about. go to like a bunch of really upscale retail clothing stores around L.A., and basically, they con their way into one of them. Yes. Goldberg is like, oh, I'm related to the owner. Um, and he wants to get something for his mother. And then they just have a montage of models walking out in not even, like, scantily clad clothing. And, of course, that would be not all right <laughs> yeah. for this material. But it's, they're just walking out in, like, dresses. Like, high fashion. Just, yeah. Like, just high fashion. And... Like, it just keeps going, and eventually Goldberg's like, oh, I was thinking more like a bikini. And then they get kicked out of the store. Right. And I'm just like, what is this doing here? Well, I think that that's exactly what I... What I the thing is, as a, it's just a bit. Like, it's just yeah. watching 
these and I think if it were funnier, I'd be fine with it. But it the whole time you're like, I get it. They're they're preteen teenage boys who like looking at pretty ladies. I'm glad the movie's not going as far with the sexualizing, but it's still objectifying them. But also, there's also the annoying bit where they they try to get into the they try to buzz into the store and they can't do it, so they come back and Averman's like, "Yeah, can we get uh, four cheeseburgers and fries? You guys want something to drink?" <laughs> yeah. And I was like, "Shut up." <laughs> I yeah. get it, but yeah, it's 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 uh, pads the runtime. I think the difference for me is that you know a lot of the gags are actually in the middle of the hockey matches. Yeah. So at least it's like it's on the ice. It's these movies are about hockey. It happens while they play hockey. And I, and they're brief enough for the most part. Like that is a full sequence. Like that feels like, Oh, remember the chase scene that we sped up in the first <laughs> film? Cause it was so bad. What if we just played it at normal speed? That's how I kind of feel about It'd it. It'd be pretty funny if you kept having the models like just going really fast in and out, like spinning around like wonder woman. See, I feel like that, like the fact that the gag, there are a bunch of gags happening on the ice is part of why this one like sure kind of just glant, bounces off me so much like how it just does yeah. not really connect with me because like the last one i think did a good job of making the the games feel fairly tense like yeah. they, they have jokes about like oh wow we really lost that one bad huh like we, yeah. we we only lost by three scores that wasn't too terrible yeah. uh like they they have a lot of gags off the ice but then like on it, I mean, there's still like stuff like there's the um, Fulton hitting the the puck and everyone being like, "Oh, getting out of the way," but like it's it's a little bit more like, "Oh, this is a game that they're trying to win." There's action going on. They're trying like everyone's trying to get the puck. Everyone's trying to make this, uh, you know, these these goals happen. And like it, it feels more like the kids are trying to take it seriously. Yeah, and that kind of speaks to the whole message of that of like how do you handle getting kids to be competitive at sports without being uh sort of toxically uh competitive at sports um and that, that i feel like that like the the again the tension the numbers are exactly what the movie says the numbers should be at any given time on the scoreboard like they, it's just kind of like ah this yeah. one they lose 12 to 1 okay this other one yeah we're going to have them win it 3 to 2 cool uh, like it, it, it feels very made up and like, there's not really like a flow to any of the games or anything like that. It's, it's just like, it's, it's not as focused on showing you the, the action that is happening, quote unquote, when they're also, playing. There's, there's a weird bit that happens in one of the, the newspaper clipping montages. And I think it might be when they're actually like training, um, mm-hmm. right before the beach ball scene. And it's like, okay, we're back. Gordon's back. He's, he's being a coach again. Let's, let's get this going. Cause they keep harping on. It's a double elimination yeah. tournament, but that doesn't matter if you reach the finals at when it gets to the finals, it's like, no, if you lose, you're in second place. Cause you didn't win the finals, but it cuts to a little newspaper clipping of Iceland beaten by such and such country in a huge upset. And I'm like, well, why, where did that come from? We don't even see that match. Yeah. Like, why even throw that in there? <laughs> yeah. It's very strange. I love this movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, I qu- quite like. <laughs> there is there is one scene that I I I I want a gif of, where uh, 
Gordon, it's when he's like, all right, I've seen the error of my ways. It's, it's time to settle down and, and I got to figure out how to coach again. Um, and he's talking with all the kids and he has a plastic cutout of himself. Uh, yes. And he throws a plastic cutout in a, or he has a plastic cutout. And then he's like, this is a plastic cutout of me. And then he lights a match and throws it into a like tin trash can. And he's like, this is a fire in a trash can. <laughs> like, I, I really like just the way he says it. <laughs> or, but it good. could be a nursery. I think he says the cutout. He's like, this is a distraction. Yeah. This yes. is a fire in a barrel. This is a distraction in a fire yeah, barrel. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a good sequence of, of yeah. lines, and, and yeah. I think it's delivered well. There are a lot of points in this movie where it's, and this is not a criticism, but it's pretty clear it's adults playing hockey and not the teenagers. I believe the mm. kids do a lot of their own skating. I believe that they, they have the kids on camera as much as they can. But understandably, a lot of those scenes are stunt people. Not a problem. There's a kind of funny moment during the Power Rangers montage where they're they're like going through a construction site, I guess, and Charlie leaps over somebody, and it is very clearly not Joshua Jackson, but a very big man with very different hair that's like blonde. <laughs> and then he, he lands, and you know, Joshua Jackson's like, Phew! And then one of the construction guys gets cement poured on him. And yeah, I was like, he's sure. going to die <laughs> and be frozen forever until Spyro the Dragon head bashes him out and, <laughs> and gets an orb for it. Right. I also noticed that uh, there's a scene where Gordon's driving a little car and it's the, I don't know what I've been told. And everyone's doing the, the yeah, chant. Yeah. And there's just some wide shots and it's clearly not Emilio Estevez because the haircut's <laughs> different and everything. I'm like, he doesn't even look like he's, he looks, uh, the, the stunt driver looks like he's hunched over. Yeah. He's not like leaned back. Like it's just. <laughs> You're like, like, that's Joe Pesci. What are they doing? <laughs> why, why did you not use him in the movie? What <laughs> that being, he's right there. No, I just do stunt driving on the side, you know. Now, Joe Pesci has the coach for Iceland. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's me, Wolf. <laughs> yes. That was fun. Yes. That actor, Karsten Norgard, I think is his name. I recognize him from season one of The Man of the High Castle, where he played a very nice man. Okay. Um, or a, a more honorable man, at least. So I was like, ugh. You, you've, you've think, true redemption arc. I think he did a solid job yeah. at playing the reserved, but like, yeah. generically evil yeah. guy. You know, because I, I, I think Coach Riley from the last film, at least... I don't know. He felt more human. Yeah, yeah. Like this is just like we're going cartoony. We're going Ivan Drago. But yeah. I mean, even Drago had a little more. Humanity no, it's it's well, it's Drago. It's Roy Batty. It's like let's get a a Western Eastern and European man <laughs> to be uh, sort of stern and like widen his eyes a lot. Like it's how you guys hate the like the generic blonde henchmen in james bond right. movies and it's like oh, you have like five or six of those <laughs> yeah what was that I said, don't even bring it up i'm just so mad at him <laughs> but he feels like he kind of fits in with that sure. like i could see him being yeah. like oh i think it's stamper is jonathan price's right hand man in tomorrow never dies i'm like that could basically be wolf stance sure <laughs> it's fine <laughs> <laughs> well and uh I mean, you, you mentioned Drago. It, it's it's almost like if we don't have a Drago and the villain is just the coach, Drago's sure. coach from Rocky IV. Sure. Uh, <laughs> Everything he hits, he destroys. Yeah, like it, it's, and he doesn't even, it's not even quite as fun, but like, yeah. it is weird that it's like, we, we don't really establish like a, a foil for the kids 
there's there's some Russians that repeat who look mad, but there's yeah there's not really like a guy who's like oh this yeah. is the this is the big star you know because the well there's not a guy until the end of the movie and then they're like oh Gunnar Stahl is our right. guy and then he confronts Wolf at the end he's like no you lost this for yourself let's <laughs> like, go wait, shake their hands where did I'm that like, come from we I we missed like a, a whole, whole movie sub- here. <laughs> There's a whole like twenty minute subplot there missing, a, I guess. There was a mirrored film. This was supposed to be sort of a sort of a uh, is it is it Iwo Jima and Oh, Five of Our Fathers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was a whole thing we missed here. We you know, there's this this should have been a duology because apparently there is a whole storyline going on over there that we did not catch. This is not the last time we will be discussing movie allegedly missing subplots from mighty ducks movies interesting interesting um the third film's weird i'll say that much uh but that like the last movie adam banks is kind of set up as the the he's he's the big he's the the front person who's both the gordon bombay stand-in and also the or the young Gordon Bombay stand in and also the foil to the other kids. And he's got the two goons, but then he flips side. So it's kind of just the goons. Uh, this one would have been, I feel like an opportunity to, to really drive it home and be like, Oh, they've got one star. Who's like yeah. the guy that they rely on. And like, you know, the whole team runs through him and they all sort of defer to him. Uh, and the coach he's the, the coach's favorite and everything. And then, the the gordon's team has to figure out like hey if we all work together we can beat them because they don't have good teamwork they just have this one guy like there's some of that in the last movie but i think you could go even farther with this with it in this one if you do it that way but they don't they just sort of have the generic angry looking bigger kids and then at the end of the movie apparently they had feelings this whole time (laughs) when they i think the first movie can also get by on not having as much of a foil even though it does have something of one because that the the quote unquote enemy in that movie is just like self doubt or something like it's just the arc of them being underdogs. Yeah. So you don't. But in this one, since we're not doing as much with character arcs, you kind of do want to be like, okay, well, who's the bad guy? Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe they have like a robot. <laughs> um, <laughs> be good, Britain. It is. It is wonderful that you are like. Yeah, clearly there's a lot of adult stunt people doing the work here. I mean, they they. Look, they, they they set it up at the beginning because the second Dean Portman shows up, Gordon goes, that's a teenager? <laughs> yeah. Which is great. Yeah. Um, I, I do want to talk about probably my, my favorite kind of couple of moments in the movie. Um, I kind of touched on this a bit, but the um, bit before they go into the last period in the the last match where Gordon kind of has to give them the speech. And basically he's like, no, you guys can't like betray yourselves. You can't like stoop to their level. Um, The movie thinks that that's what it's thematically going for, I guess. Um, But in, in a bubble, I like that scene. And, and, you know, he starts pointing to everyone and they say their name Mm -hmm. and where they're from. I really like that. And then it cuts into them, changing their uniforms from the u.s colors to the the mighty ducks yeah and like i said i this is the best uh movie theme ever made um 
And I think sure. the composer the composer is not um, David Newman. It's J.A.C. Radford, um, who is also, he does the music for the third film as well. I kind of feel like it's a situation where you've got a composer who respects the previous film's music and just kind of elevates it and just makes it bigger. Um, I feel like the, the Mighty Ducks theme is a lot more present, particularly in that final match. And I, you know, given how much I, I love that theme, I was very, sure. very happy. Um, and kind of the the fake out uh, with the final penalty shot where you're not sure if um, if Cat caught yeah. the the puck or not, and then she just kind of drops it, and the music goes crazy, and everyone goes wild. It's it's great. Wait, is her name Cat or Julie? I I think her her nickname is Cat because I think they call her Julie the Cat. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like a goalie. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, Julie the Cat Gaffney. <laughs> Did they explain why they call her cat? That's a good question. I don't have the answer. See, also deleted in that 20 minutes oh of footage, God. okay? See, this is, my name's Britain. Is... They call me the gecko. Why? <laughs> Let's begin the show. <laughs> that is a strange, like... Because she has a conversation with Gordon at one point where she's like, I want to play. Like, I'm good. I came I came here to be good because I can goalie well and you should use me. And he's like, well, I got a goalie and he's doing good. You're going to get your shot. And she gets literally one shot. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, I mean, they do try and throw her in earlier. Yeah. And that's when she but it, it, defends herself and it, ends up getting kicked out of the match. It feels like that should be something where they establish like, oh, we can rotate you guys and you'll both be like fresh and ready to go. Like you're both yeah. so good. Let's let's let's, you know, go between you both, you know, game to game or like match to match. Uh between periods we'll swap you so that you know you can you can always be one of you is always is always feeling rested and ready and maybe that plays to the fact that they tire out the the other i'm creating this whole idea for a a fan version of the mighty ducks 2 that you, does not exist but you've got a pitch right there you can write this you can write this and <laughs> I, I, I think also what frustrates me is that okay if you're going to give julie like the final moment if you're going to give her like she gets the win for yeah. the team maybe make her one of the bigger characters right. like one of the more important ones like have it almost be like a rudy situation where it's like she doesn't get the opportunity she doesn't get the opportunity and then she finally gets it and she is able to succeed she, she and, jumps on the opportunity and she like gets a lot of off the off the ice moments like she gets the the bit with uh the dean where who's smashing everything and yeah. she's like i know how you feel yeah. Uh, and and she gets the conversation with Gordon specifically, and like they 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 focus on her quite a few times, but it's all like just for that moment when it it really feels like they should be like okay she, at some point she becomes one of the key members of the team like maybe I mean you could have Goldberg like you know gets injured like his his foot gets stomped on or something I don't know what whatever those Icelandic uh, hockey kids would do to him. Um, gets a concussion because he would he yeah yeah like something happens in the in that game where you know the they lose bad to iceland he gets injured and then it's like okay we well now we got to turn to the other the other goalie or uh, you know (coughs) there's really no reason for him to be (laughs) and then you don't have to take have to have a thing where like you take uh i guess it would still i'm not 100 percent sure about the hockey rotations and everything uh, I, I guess that would not fix the fact that Charlie also does not get to be in the final match, but I don't know. 
Look, it's some... fine. They can just swap uniforms in like 10 seconds. Somehow, right, yeah. Somehow Keenan gets fine. into the goalie outfit and is able to like fake them all out, even though Wolf and the which, Iceland team is right there. Which is also quite silly because he takes his helmet off yeah during the game just for the it's like wait i think you Look, would then be escorted out of like i think the ref would be like oh blow blow it dead gotta, gotta get you off the ice tyler i i think you know i'm gonna i'm gonna pull in your logic for for uh-huh. for this i, I you know it, it, these aren't these are you're talking about them like they're defects and they're just not the mighty defects <laughs> d2 the mighty defects um no, these are these are pluses. These are not minuses. Everything that we have said so far has been one hundred percent positive. This sure. movie's perfect. <laughs> I like I like how it transitions from a plane at the end when they're yeah. like, "We're going home" to to a flying V. It's cute. It is cute. And and then they sit around a campfire and sing Queen. Mm-hmm. Which I was like, is it, when when was this campfire placed? Before or after the plane trip? Was that a separate plane? Is that an LA campfire or a Minnesota campfire? It's a good question. We'll never know. Until they maybe if we go on the Mighty Ducks wiki page, maybe yeah, we can really. find out. And by that I mean Tyler, start this wiki page and also start <laughs> pitching your reboot for the Mighty Ducks. Right. Well, uh, I mean they've already beat me to the punch on that, so. No, no, no. That's now. not a reboot. That's a soft reboot. You can you can do it. I guess that's a yeah. That's a soft reboot. I want to. Well, this would be a remake. Is what we do. Uh, sure, sure, sure. Um, children will die in it, <laughs> so be aware of that. Take it that, will Super be... Eight. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. What are you rating it? Um, <laughs> I said I like it a lot. Uh, I don't want to give it a grade. <laughs> um, I think in actuality, I'm going to give it a C. More. Um, no, I mean overall, the the first film's just like it has a stronger story, yeah. you know, like the through line is there. Yeah. Um, this one, I, as much as I enjoy it, like it is definitely a weaker script, and like, you know, as I have said over and over again, ad nauseum, like if the script doesn't work, most likely your film is gonna start falling apart somewhere. Um, I I, for me, like I kind of enjoy to some degree that this movie is just kind of a series of moments that happen and they, you know, they don't necessarily thread together the best possible way, but a lot of the moments I really enjoy. And since I have a ton of nostalgia for this from my childhood, like a lot of the gags stupid as they might be genuinely make me laugh. (laughs) Like the bit where the bash brothers are going to go to bed and then they start playing rock music. That's pretty good. Yeah. And then it cuts back to them and they're just like rocking out and it's like, okay, I think they specifically specifically say, uh, it's like, like music tunes, to, music to fall asleep to, or something. They they yeah. say tunes for your your sleep or something yeah. like that. Yeah, uh, it's very good. Uh, this is why you're supposed to not put stock in grades or what they mean and actually listen to the discussion because I'm giving it a C plus. There you go. <laughs> and nothing in the conversation preceding would suggest that I would give this higher grade than Alex. I, accurate i was not expecting anything higher than like a d plus i was gonna say i'm very sad that none of us are giving it anything in the d range but i'm going c minus so yeah <laughs> well we, we got it covered all right we were all a lot closer than i thought yeah. okay <laughs> but that is like i i think i gave it i gave the first one the highest by far and that is i would i would say this just does not feel like the yeah. same idea to me so 
Yeah, yeah I'll be interested to see how y'all feel about the third film because I, I I do feel like it's an attempt to try and bring it back to the first in terms of being more character driven and like I said Charlie kind of becomes our protagonist like front and center he is the one with the arc um but it's also very weird because after this film they just go to a prep school and they're bullied by the varsity team <laughs> like that's that's the story yeah, I'll probably it's give weird. it like an A minus. I don't know. <laughs> really. I really hope you do. <laughs> um, well, speaking of the letter C, that's the first letter of the movie I'm going to recommend. Um, <laughs> uh, no, my recommendation this week, I watched Catherine Called Birdie. This is a new movie uh, that you can watch on Amazon Prime. And it's based on a book that I have such a visceral familiarity with from my childhood. I don't think I ever read it, but I don't know if it was like just in our library a lot at my elementary school, or I don't know what brought it into my life. But like the, the, the sentence Catherine called birdie is like such a gut memory for me, even though I don't think I ever read it. Um, <clears throat> Lena Dunham wrote and directed the movie. And it's about a girl named Catherine in medieval times. Who's, father wants to marry her off and she does not want that and so she puts off all these suitors and there's the movie um it's kind of a kind of a hangout not really a hangout movie but it kind of just like breezes through a lot of the events is just kind of following Catherine through these different suitors and family situations in the form of this diary that she's writing um it i thought it was going to go further with this but it, it does have a little bit of the like modern anachronisms like in the soundtrack I'm not really crazy about the score, but the soundtrack has like modern songs and stuff. But I thought it was going to go the full force, like they were going to be using modern slang or something. And they don't. Like the dialogue is is feels more like what you would expect from a movie in this time period. Um, and like it's a diverse cast, which is not like an issue. But I I thought it was going to be another one of these like in this glut of oh, after Bridgerton, we think we're supposed to make every period thing, like, sure. super modern, even though it's not even really what Bridgerton does. Um, but I think that it's it's a funny movie, and uh, I think the dialogue is, is really clever and charming, and again, very funny. Uh, the cast is strong, like Andrew Scott and Billy Piper. Uh, there's a bunch of Game of Thrones people in it. Dean Charles Chapman, David Bradley, um, Dagmar Cleftjaw. All right, uh, all right. And probably somebody else um but the real reason i'm recommending it is the lead performance by bella ramsey from game of thrones as lady yeah lady leanna mormont and uh she's hilda from hilda and she's gonna be ellie in the last of us and she is phenomenal in this movie like the the movie itself is solid i do recommend it as a movie but like she is so brilliant it's such a she's great on game of thrones but like this is such a like star performance she's so funny and so such a 14 year old but it's such a mature performance and it's got lots of little details like just fiddling with stuff in her hands or like chewing on her lip and just you cannot take your eyes off of her because every second she's doing something really engaging and she's so funny in it and she got this great like northern accent um i just love her like i really can't recommend the movie highly enough just for her alone i think it's one of my favorite performances of the year she's so 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 good um and it really made me want – I've decided that the movie I want to pitch to Hollywood is there should be a movie where Caitlin Deaver, Bella Ramsey, and Daphne Keene from Logan 
they're I don't know if they're related or spies or in a band, but they go on an adventure, the three of them, and either their boss or the bad guy is Saoirse Ronan. And that would be like the best movie. That would be my favorite movie, the only movie I care about. And I don't know the rest of it, but I just, I, I imagine there's like a cove at some point. Um, you know, movie stuff. And I want that movie very badly. Maybe they're a traveling street hockey team. They could be a traveling street hockey team. Maybe this is our Mighty Ducks remake. Maybe this is it. Maybe this is the 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 prequel about Gunner or whatever. Um, only it's not a. Greta, I was gonna say Sorcerer. Ronan. I've got a, I've got a pitch. Meet us at the Disney offices on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> Sorcerer Ronan is playing. Um, G- Gordorella, <laughs> yeah, there he <it> is. <laughs> Gordina Bombay, yeah. That's I was trying to like figure out. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But Maybe yeah, I I recommend watching Catherine Called Birdie on Amazon. Uh, it's explicitly, I mean, for a lot of reasons, but really, really, really got to see Bella Ramsey in this. She's so good. Every, every now and then, <clears throat> I'll like see advertising material, whatever for The Last of Us show and remember that there is a last of us show coming out with which if i'm not mistaken it's bella ramsey i know i know it's bella ramsey and pedro pascal and then i believe it's the creators of chernobyl yeah they worked on uh, it, yeah. and like i just kind of have to put it away because i can't like sit there thinking about like man i just want to <laughs> i just want to be watching that show like i can't I, I can't be that hyped for something that's still like four months away. have you watched the trailer so. Yes. Yeah, it's a pretty yeah. good trailer. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm ready for it. I, I think it's next month. I think it's in January. Is it? I thought it was like April. Let me double check. <laughs> Maybe I'm thinking of the Mario movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's very easy to confuse the two things. Um, um, yes, yeah, so look, look, look that up. Um, I, I'm going to go ahead. I don't know if this would have been Alex's recommendation, but I will... Take it, take it away. S- steal. I mean, I never really like full-throatedly recommend... MCU movies because we always end up talking about them in depth anyway. But did finally watch Wakanda Forever. Uh, quite liked it. There's a lot of really cool stuff they do with it. Namor is fantastic and perfect and everything I would have wanted them to do with him as a character. He, he's a character that like I wouldn't say he's like one of my favorite Marvel characters, but he is, I think, a really fun character and yeah, a, a fun character if you get him right and like a really cool character to have as as someone who's kind of in the tapestry of of all the other marvel universe characters uh and they do him like perfectly like i'm i'm so happy with how they interpreted him from the comics uh and and sort of some of the twists they added to him uh, i think it's brilliant and i think the whole movie does a lot of really cool things uh we'll we'll really dive into it on a podcast at some point whenever they decide to drop it on disney plus uh, we were talking about this beforehand. We, I can only presume they will immediately shift it to get out of the way of the uh, $5 billion juggernaut that will be Avatar 2. Uh, but regardless, whenever that happens, uh, <laughs> then then we will uh, we will crank out a podcast about it and get into it. But uh, I would say if you haven't had a chance yet, I feel like it's not something that has really generated a lot of hype since the opening weekend i know it's been doing pretty well in theaters but i i feel like i have not seen a lot of like buzz around it and word of mouth uh, which surprises me because i think i mean it's it's longer obviously but i think that there's a lot of really cool stuff in it um so nice. I, i'm excited to talk about that when we do get to yeah i'm excited to i would it. say go check it out if you haven't yet 
Uh, it, uh, it looks like Last of Us is January 15th, 2023. Well, snap. So. All right. That could change. I could be wrong, but that's what it is. That, I assume that's like a weekly release kind of thing. I believe so. HBO, uh, Game of Thrones style hype. Engine. Probably. Engine. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Alex, you, uh, you watch what Marmaduke <laughs> or what you got? Hmm? Trying to think of a funny joke off of Marmaduke. I got Oh, nothing. man. Marmaduke is funny enough. Oh, what a, what a great <laughs> movie, I bet. The joke is right there. Um, yeah, I also saw Wakanda Forever. Um, I, I, I won't recommend that since Tyler recommended it. I, I would say I liked it, but didn't love it. Sure. So, um, but yeah, we'll talk about it uh, soon at some point. Uh, aside from that, I, I haven't had Wi-Fi for the past couple of days. So I was continuing my trek through the newsroom again, but I, I kind of stopped and then I was looking over at my shelf, and I was like, I'll watch Band of Brothers again. All right. So I'm like halfway through watching okay. Band of Brothers again. Yeah. Have you had your waifu? <laughs> if not your Wi-Fi? <laughs> <laughs> I believe that is also being shipped to me, yes. <laughs> All right. Gross. Um. <laughs> but Band of Brothers is incredible, and... There's so many actors that you can pick out that are now super famous stars from it with very obscure roles. And it's some of the best just war uh, media out there. Uh, so Band of Brothers is awesome. Shipping um, times Band. for Vocaloid figure. I don't want to know what that is. Uh <laughs> I was gonna say Band of Brothers is very good, Alex. When you mentioned that your wife, I was down. I was like, "Oh, are you gonna you're gonna recommend like a book or like a comic, <laughs> something that you've you've read, or, or like, a, nope. like, a, like an experience, an outdoor place, <laughs> parks?" I recommend moving. Do you feel like it's time for a change in your life? Move to a different city. See what happens. Yeah. Hope it doesn't rain when you're moving your furniture. And maybe your waifu will show up. <laughs> I love talking about stuff I don't really understand. <laughs> Which is, I guess, kind of the premise of the whole podcast. And, you know say, what? Like, podcasts in general. You know. Yeah. Yeah, you've been, you've been mentioning, you've been talking about Star Wars and waifu and going outside. I don't, none of these things really, like, I don't know. That doesn't make Three, sense to me. And two of those things tend to go together. Um, <laughs> yeah. Really, all all of Star Wars is outside. If we're considering technically it not yeah. inside a building on Earth, yeah, that's then, true. That's true. You know, mm-hmm. I hope that in the last Star Wars movie they just pan out and it turns out it's all been on Earth the whole time. <laughs> Somehow, all of it. I mean, it's all been toys that, that Will Ferrell's son is playing with, right? Or, or even better, it's it's action figures that that George Lucas is <laughs> Yeah. Well, I'll be interested to see what happens when uh, in in D three, and then we have the uh, some special Christmas episodes coming up after that, kids. Yeah, gonna be some fun, like not quite not quite Christmas content, but like yeah, maybe a little Christmas adjacent, uh, and should just be a good time. So we're playing Bloodborne. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't know how that don't translate to me a podcast, with a good time. But... <laughs> <We're just laughs> Well, you'll play Bloodborne, and I will explain what's happening to the okay. audience. 
Love it. Oh, he's dying. He's well, oh, he's dying yeah, back again. Back to the menu screen. It looks like oh, he's Alex dying. has failed to kill the opening boss again. Britain keeps calling the uh, werewolves scarecrows. He horrible, doesn't seem to get it. Horrible miss. Uh, completely whiffed on that attack. Oh, he uh, just got the achievement. Not really worth keeping count, is it? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Cool. Yes, next week, we- D3 the Mighty Ducks, we will finish the epic trilogy it's all been leading to this it's all been leading uh if you want to see (laughs) see how that turns out you can find us on herecomethesequels.blogspot.com we're on twitter at hct sequels you can email us at herecomethesequels at gmail.com uh spotify podcast apps and anywhere that you listen to us do do a like and subscribe do do a do a thumbs up do do a five star do a do a golden um egg (laughs) Yeah, give us a golden egg. <laughs> Dude, oh, come on. Put uh, a message in a bottle and message send it to us. in a bottle, reviewing our podcast. Throw it into the Pacific Ocean, specifically, and we will find it. Um, let, get get the word out. We yeah. want to we wanna do bigger podcast stuff. Yeah. I don't know. Get, get. Tyler wants to write a Mighty Ducks reboot. I wanna, the money's got to come from somewhere. I, I need this to get big enough that somebody will listen to my Mighty Ducks reboot uh, sort of pitch here. So that's that's really the dream. That's the goal. Uh, you know it would be even better, Tyler? You leave the first film completely as is, and you're like, no, I'm remaking D2, the Mighty Ducks. I mean... <laughs> I mean... Just saying. Look, season eight was great. That's all I'm trying to say. I've right. been Alex. I've been Britain. I've been Tyler. And you all are having a mighty good night.